Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Okay, welcome back and uh, oh, delighted to have with us today Pastor Mark Little. He's the executive director of Cure America Action. Um, He's an attorney, he's a pastor, he's an activist, but most of all, he's my brother. And uh, you can go to cure-action.com and uh, support what he does. He's all over the place doing good work. Pastor Mark, good to see you, buddy. How are you? Good morning, my friend. You've got to do the intro over because you left out Frontline Warrior. That's my favorite part. Okay, uh, hold on. Let me write that down here. Frontline Warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, you are. You are. Good to see you again. How are you, friend? I am so good, uh, Perry. I woke up today. Uh, Your last guest talking about waking up in worship. Uh, He is so right. If the church could get that right, we could change the world. Amen to that one. Amen to that one. Tell people about Cure Action America. What what do you do there? Uh, Cure America Action is our C4. Uh, I go around the country uh, really trying to uh, do two things. Uh, I I educate in in, in four areas. I educate around the sanctity of human life. I educate about the founding principles of our nation, uh, free enterprise and educational freedom. Uh, And then I also go around the country supporting uh, people who want to be candidates uh, or uh, community leaders. I call it the Black Leadership Program. And we do our best to go, uh, particularly in battleground states where the country is relying on people to be uh, well-informed before they go to the ballot box. You know, I have a philosophy. Uh, we, don't, we can't afford to go into the ballot box and leave our Judeo-Christian values sitting at the couch at home. Uh, we have to bring them to bear on the culture Uh, according to Matthew 5, uh, verses 13 through 16. Uh, We are called to influence the culture, both as light and as salt, to preserve the culture for the coming of Christ. That's the work that I do there. Uh, I pastor uh, an organization called No Longer Bound, Abortion and Miscarriage Recovery Ministry, uh, where we we minister to men and women uh, who have the pain and shame of abortion in their background. Yeah, you just do a wonderful work. (laughs) Good to see you, friend. Of course, we had a great time in, in uh, Orlando. <laughs> it was so good to see you. I want to talk about reparation. Uh, first of all, there, there's a couple things about reparation. But first of all, what is your take of reparation? My, my take on reparations is, is multi-tiered, actually. Um, I, I'm going to say the, uh, the unpopular thing. Uh, based on the Bible, uh, slavery is not a sin. It's mistreating the slave that's a sin. So that's, that's number one. We'll put that on the shelf. Uh, number two, uh, there was a debt owed uh, to the descendants of Africans in this country. Uh, the president, uh, Andrew Johnson, decided that he was going to repeal Special Order 15. Uh, they gave 15 acres and a mule. Uh, and so the Democrats really should begin to look inward uh, because we all know it was the Southern Democrats and the Democrat Party that perpetuated slavery. Of course, it was an economic system. Uh, and thirdly, uh, it is true that reparations is a historical fact uh, in our country, whether it be the Japanese from internment, uh, whether it be those who were experimented on at Tuskegee and in jails uh, regarding uh, Agent Orange. Uh, and so there, there is a history of it, uh, but it becomes very difficult when you talk about 
reparations with respect to descendants of African slaves. Because we know, not just in Africa, but here in the United States, blacks own slaves. Indians, there's five tribes, they owned white and black people as slaves. So it's very, very, very difficult. And we had hundreds of thousands of, of white people die in the Civil War uh, to free this nation from the stain of slavery. How do you treat their descendants? And so I think it's a complicated matter. And lastly, I'll just, I'll just add, uh, we've had a war on poverty in this country. We spent over $15 trillion and counting. And blacks are benefits of that generosity of this nation. Where do we put that bucket? So I think, I think it's, a, it's a question. Was there a debt owed? Yes. Did we pay it? No. Uh, well, I, I don't know if the answer is no. So the, I think we really have to go through it. Uh, and I'm not a proponent of it. I'm a proponent of access to capital and educational freedom. That's how we solve the problem. Very well said. All right. It's now been politicized and using as a tool to basically buy people back into a political system. I find it interesting that they're going to use this as a campaign topic, they, the left, to hopefully maybe lure uh, the black community back into voting for them. But yet at a blue state level, no blue state's been able to get it financed yet. What's your take? Well, I'll tell you, I, I am concerned about that, uh, particularly in blue states like California, where there is a supermajority of, of radical progressives. Uh, in California, they're overseeing a $32 billion deficit. Uh, and these people, just like the folks in Washington, D.C., uh, they believe that this is uh, the monopoly. Uh, they, they treat uh, the, the, the coffers of our states and even our nation as uh, a, a monopoly money. Uh, and so because of that, I'm very concerned uh, because they could very well bankrupt the state based on their emotions-based uh, rationale uh, regarding reparations. They're doing it in D.C. They're doing it, certainly doing it in California. Uh, and the numbers are staggering. Uh, but there is no, there's no evidence uh, that uh, this reparations movement is actually rooted in helping people at all. Uh, particularly not black people. If you look at what we're doing with illegal aliens who come into this country, uh, we put them up, we give them driver's licenses, we give them health care, we give them free education. Uh, we are uh, paying for the invasion that we're witnessing, uh, all while uh, 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 kicking the can around about reparations. And here's the point that I'm making. If they wanted to write a check to descendants of African slaves, they could have done so long ago because we see how they dole out money in the billions of dollars every day. So it is simply a political play. It's pandering uh, to, black, to the black vote, which, by the way, uh, more and more each day because of the rate that we kill ourselves in the womb, the black vote is not going to matter because there won't be enough of us to make a difference. That's the sad tragedy. Whoa. Okay. So, um, do you think reparation falls flat in this next election cycle? Uh, I think it falls flat in terms of uh, actually implementing a plan. Uh, I think it'll be top of the agenda for people like Gavin Newsom uh, and others, uh, the, the, the crazies in the uh, uh, Congressional Black Caucus in D.C. They will walk around, wave around, and use it 
as a weapon uh, to force whatever the lead candidates are uh, to swear to reparations or not. It is a political play. They did reparations 40. Uh, 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 geez, during the, I think it was at the end of Trump's, uh, 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 Trump's administration, mm-hmm. they, they proposed reparations 40. Uh, and they're going, they do it uh, nearly every election cycle. It, it is a, a weapon uh, to buy votes, to scare candidates, uh, and to look like they're doing good. Uh, that's the problem with the radical left. Their policies are emotions-based. They're not based in rationale. The one, one ideology, and I can go as far as saying one radical political party has destroyed morality, decency, and anything that's sacred in this country. Pointed question. Do you think the black community sees that? The, the black community is seeing it more and more. Unfortunately, we have uh, uh, at least two generations that have been the beneficiaries of the nanny state, the beneficiaries of the nanny state, whereby they're not producing uh, from the labor of their hands. Uh, They've been taken care of. Uh, And they've been taken care of in large measure uh, from the New Deal, when fathers uh, didn't have to be held accountable uh, for their behavior, specifically creating children. And so we're in a cycle where there's dependency. And, and, and the Republican Party, which I'm a proud member of, uh, we, we, we do believe, you, they, they say, you can't, you can't say pull yourself up by your bootstraps if you don't have any boots. Well, there's some truth to that. But let's focus on getting the boots. Let's not focus on feeding you a fish every day. Let's focus on getting you some boots. Because what America is about It is the land of the free and the home of the brave for now. And while it is still the greatest nation on this earth, uh, that's why you've got Africans by the millions pouring into this nation. It is still a nation where anyone can make it if they work. Uh, But as you know, we're paying people so much to stay home that there's no incentive to work. And so to answer your question, when you have a system like that, that rewards lethargy, 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 that, that rewards laziness, le, le, uh, slothfulness, the Bible says. When you have a, when you have a, a, a culture that rewards that, you, you, you default uh, to voting for the party that allows you to stay on the couch. Wow. All right. Let me take a quick break. So honored to have with us our good friend, Pastor Mark Little. Uh, Well, he is certainly, uh, he's an attorney, he's a pastor, he's an activist, he's my brother, and he's a frontline warrior. We'll be right back. (laughs) We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's Daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Always an honor to have with us Pastor Mark Little. Uh, he's the executive director of Cure America Action. And you can do that. Go to uh, cure-action.com 
com is his website. Pastor Mark, uh, were you there opening night at the NRB? I was not. I okay. wasn't there the opening night, but I tell you, Al Mohler, uh, the ending note was amazing. Yeah, I, I want to come to that because it was started with the opening night in Franklin Graham. And yeah. Franklin came out, and now I've had the honor of interviewing him. He's been in our studios. We've talked to him. I've heard him speak on numerous occasions. But I never heard him that firm as I, we did that night as he came out and talked about the coming storm, basically uh, our faith being under attack within our own country. My question to you, kind of pulling on your pastor, prophet heart, do you think Christians are prepared to defend their faith in America? The, the short answer is yes. The question is, is how many of us? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, bl I believe that there is a sifting uh, uh, we, well, what we're seeing is the, the separation of the wheat from the tare. Uh, I, I believe that uh, the remnant uh, in this country is going to stand strong. Uh, but there's a whole lot of folks uh, who, who will uh, believe they're going into heaven and Jesus will say, depart from me, I didn't know you. Uh, uh, so, so I, look, he's coming back to get his bride. He's coming back to get his bride. There will be a bride. Uh, the question is is, 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 is just how big, uh, how, how, what, what will be the girth? Uh, how fat is the bride going to be? That's the question. Do you think, if, if we believe in the second coming, and we believe that the signs of the time are further indications, biblical indications of the second coming, why aren't we living like it? Well, that, that's interesting. So, so, some of us are. Uh, you and I, if people were tuning in to, uh, to your broadcast uh, uh, by the hundreds of millions, uh, perhaps they would be. Uh, you know, me media has been drowned out uh, from the folks who, who, need to, who need to get it. They, they're not seeking uh, uh, knowledge. They're seeking it now more than ever, though, by the way. Uh, but but the, how we get our messages and the role of the church uh, in, in our communities has changed drastically. Uh, back in the day, uh, even in the 60s, uh, we, we had community, we had families that were very much different than they are today. And so to answer that question, why, well, well, what are they doing? What are they doing? Uh, we are in a seeker-sensitive culture. We're in a moral relativistic culture. Uh, and it is promoted both in the school and out of the school. Uh, to do whatever feels good to you. Uh, and so I, I have the pleasure of, of being in a ministry uh, under Pastor Jack Hibbs. Uh, Calvary Chapel Chino Hills is my covering in this season. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, uh, we are on the front lines and we are standing strong because we do believe that the second coming, uh, Jesus Christ is coming back soon. The Euphrates, the Euphrates River is dry. <laughs> that that mean that means something, mm -hmm. uh, but here's how I look at it, uh, Perry. Uh, I've got a work to do before the rapture. I've got a work to do before the rapture. Uh, I, I've got to continue to shine the light of Christ. I have to continue to let people know what Jesus Christ says about them, that He loves them and that He died for them. And Franklin Graham is exactly right. Get your house in order. Uh, because these are the end times. No man knows the day or the hour. Uh, but uh, this could be my last broadcast. I, well, you and I could be raptured in the air this morning.
And I want to be able to go to, uh, to wake up and, and see the Lord and have him look at me and said, yeah, what you just said on the airwaves with Perry Atkinson uh, was a good job. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's how we have to live every day because he is coming. And we have to keep doing broadcasts like this because I blast it out when I'm done with you on this show. I want to make sure that my followers get to hear the gospel. And that's why I love being with you, because I can talk about Jesus Christ. Thank you. So it comes back to the reverential fear of the Lord. If we believe what we believe, if we believe the scripture is true, we read it, we see it. Um, if we're not careful, we could get sidetracked thinking that the next election cycle is going to solve the problem and we lose sight of evangelism. Um, how do we properly and in a proper perspective return back to the fear of the Lord? You know, it's, it's funny, Perry, because uh, as I was preparing to be with you this morning, that, that was the question uh, that I, I grappled with. Uh, because so much of what I do intersects uh, faith and politics. Intersects faith and politics. Uh, the truth of the matter is, uh, one issue is a nation, and the other issue is the eternity of your soul. Uh, both are important, but one is more important than the other. And so I have to prioritize not only uh, knowing where I'll spend eternity and that my family, my wife, my son, they understand the roadmap to get there. Mm -hmm. uh, but then my calling as a pastor, you know, I preach and I pastor. Yeah, now the preacher uh, uh, preaches uh, fire and brimstone. And the fear of God, we we have to, we have to do that, and then the pastor comes along and takes you by the hand, and says, "Now let me show you the way." And so I do both of those things, and and you you raise you raise a great point because here's the here's the problem, if you look at some of the mega pastors in this country, many of them are word of faith. Uh, uh, and, and inspirational, motivational, seeker-sensitive speakers. Uh, we have a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And people have, have, have loaded themselves into churches that make them feel comfortable uh, so that they'll, they'll, they want to come back the next week. They're not confronted uh, by their lifestyle. They're not confronted uh, about exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit. They're not confronted uh, with the mission of the great, the great commission of Matthew 28. They're not confronted with the assignment that Jesus gave us. Uh, and so there, there is no fear of God per se in the, in the writ large, in the culture writ large. Uh, but it's because of people like you, people like me, people like Franklin Graham, people like Albert Moeller, uh, people like Jack Hibbs, uh, who do keep that front and center. Uh, and I pray uh, that the fear of the Lord uh, the conviction of the Holy Spirit uh, will keep us all going in the right direction. Wh whatever that remnant looks like. Uh, we only stay committed, Perry, for two reasons. We, 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 well, one reason, really. We're afraid that if we don't do it right, we may not get to heaven. 
So I'm, I'm staying in reverential fear. That's a that's a really good word. Reverential fear. Reverential fear. All right. I got about uh, three minutes left, uh, Mark. I want you to just kind of comment on uh, the closing uh, message by Pastor Mueller. It was an amazing time for all of us to be uh, summarized for that week's event to hear him uh, get up and speak. Uh, you, you couldn't help but leave the room going, oh, my stars. I, I got to get with it. <laughs> what was your takeaway? No, no doubt about it. And uh, uh, I, you know, I often quote him uh, when I uh, when I speak. Uh, yeah, he is such a, a wealth of uh, experience, and, and, and he's lived a, he's lived a very full life. Uh, but what he said to us that night uh, was was really a bookend to what uh, Franklin Graham said. Um, the, the the church needs to understand and act like they know that it is under attack. It's under attack. And if you are under attack and you stand uh, flat-footed with no armor, you're going to be slaughtered. Uh, And so the message to the church and to the body of Christ, let me be very clear, uh, the, the, the church is not four, four walls. The church uh, is the body of Christ. Uh, the, uh, we are the body of Christ. We are the church. Mm-hmm. And we are under attack. As an example, when you see uh, things like the color purple that coming out that are uh, filled with uh, 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 man-hating lesbians and you, and you go and support it, you don't understand the attack. If you go into Target and you walk through the uh, through that big store and you see a whole section with the pride flag, uh, not understanding and appreciating uh, that that is an appropriation of a, of a message of a covenant from God to the, His people, and 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 you support that, that means you don't understand the attack. Uh, if you keep your kids in a school where they they have books in the library that are pornographic and a drag queen reading those books to them, then you don't understand the attack. We have to to act like we understand that we are under attack, and it's not just us, it's the Imago Dei. The image of Christ is that, and the image of God is, is under attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we when we see drive by our our in our communities in the black community in particular Latino community and we see them littered with Planned Parenthood, we are under attack. Uh, and so we we as believers have to start walking and talking like we understand that we are in a battle, mm-hmm. and the battle begins in the heavenlies. Uh, Daniel prayed. Daniel prayed. And he fasted for 21 days and he and he got his answer uh, about the prophet, the prophecy over Israel. Uh, he he understood how to how to reach heaven. Uh, do we understand how to reach God? Do we understand uh, how to make our petitions known? Uh, do we understand the power of prayer? We're under attack and we have to use our weapons, the weapons of our warfare on our carnal but mighty and pulling down strongholds. We are under attack and we have to use our weapons. We have to pull on the full armor of God and we might withstand the enemy. We are under attack. 
I'm going to let your sermon be your 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 prayer because I'm out of time, brother. <laughs> but it's good stuff. Let me say to our viewers and listeners, uh, Pastor Mark Little, check out his website, cure-action.com, which is, uh, he's the executive director there of Cure America Action. Uh, check it out, support him, uh, help him go where he goes. He's a frontline warrior. Thank you, brother. Love you, man. God bless you, my friend. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.